Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. But less you know... We are getting closer in Alberta to a $15 an hour minimum wage. The Alberta NDP ran on this, and for better or for worse, they they are keeping that uh, promise. Come this year, later this year, this fall, uh, we will be at uh, $15 an hour. It's going to be a big final jump from $13.60 up to $15. Alberta's not alone. This is, I guess, the trendy target these days. Um, Seems rather arbitrary, but uh, nonetheless, Ontario, other jurisdictions uh, are doing the same thing. But here's the thing. There's cost involved. We are telling businesses to increase their labor costs. And that money's got to come from somewhere. And there have been numerous warnings now, just most recently the Bank of Canada, uh, that this policy could lead to job losses. And if not job losses, increases in prices, reductions in benefits, and that could potentially hurt the very people we're supposed to be helping here. So why are we doing this? I think that's a fair question to ask. I don't get the sense, unfortunately, that our leaders are interested in understanding the impact of this. And as we saw this week in the case of Ontario's premier, they're actually lashing out at the very businesses who are being told to implement this policy, which could also be described as as bullying. Joining us uh, for some thoughts, pleased to welcome the program here, Dan Kelly, who's president and ex- uh, chief executive officer with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Dan, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Happy to be here. All right. Well, where's uh, Ontario at? Is Ontario now at 15 or almost at 15? No, Ontario's uh, not fortunately at, at $15 an hour quite yet, but uh, but they're well on their way. There was a 32% increase announced over an 18-month period in Ontario. Uh, the first installment, the 20% jump, went into effect just uh, or just this week. So that, that's the piece that, of course, is in the news today and is causing a whole bunch of dislocation on the part of the business community here. Uh, but we've got another number of months before the final stage the, to move from 14 to $15 an hour in Ontario. Uh, in fact, it makes Alberta look like a leisurely place, pace to 15. Yeah. Uh, in Alberta, it was phased in over, I think, almost four years in, El- in Ontario, over 18 months. Yeah, it's happening a lot more quickly. And so businesses need to adjust. And I guess, I mean, that's what we're hearing about in the news, what businesses are doing. Some are looking at raising their prices or reducing hours, reducing benefits, even reducing jobs and and I think you know we, we all knew that that was going to be a possibility right we we did in fact survey after survey from us and and virtually every other business association economist uh, think tank uh, said exactly the same uh, all of that was ignored though by the wind government as they marched forward to this plan to 15 prior to the election campaign the biggest chunk of course right before the election which is happening right now um, and and, you know, just, just a few weeks ago, we did another touch point with our members in Ontario to find out what they had already done just in the weeks 
in advance of the the move to $14 an hour. Uh, and and the reducing employee benefits was actually probably the most muted. Uh, it was the lowest thing, uh, lowest action on the list that businesses play, uh, said that they were going to do. 18% of members said that they were going to reduce employee benefits. In the quick service restaurant industry, employee benefits are not particularly common either. There's not a lot of them. Right. Uh, perhaps your your free lunch that you get before your shift, but uh, but not which of course the federal government wanted to tax. But, you know, our bigger concern, of course, is the impact this is going to have on the headcounts in the business, the number of hours the businesses are able to provide, and in particular, the jobs that they're able to offer to young or inexperienced workers. That's where we saw up to 50% of our members saying that they were having to, to, to contract the number of opportunities they have for young people. What do you make now of this, this, I guess, this flashpoint in this debate? One particular Tim Hortons outlet happens to be run by uh, some of the offspring of one of the founders uh, of Tim Hortons. It's got to the point where now the premier, Kathleen Wynne, is jumping in. She's accusing them of being bullies. It seems like a really weird situation. It, it is quite quite shocking to me that this is happening. A, it's shocking to me that the Premier is shocked that there are negative repercussions of her action, given that she ignored all of the advice that was given to her and uh, refused to do any kind of impact assessment of, of, of the change itself. But, you know, for the Premier to single out a business with for particular scorn here is is, is also quite shocking. Uh, you know, if the Premier is looking for a, uh, a bully, I think a mirror is a good place to start. Uh, she has rammed this change through, ignoring the concerns of independent business people. And whether or not this particular Tim Hortons franchise is owned by, by some wealthy people, any business owner needs to ensure that there is long-term profitability of the business. And if there's not, if there isn't, they've got to take some, some steps to address that. Sadly, in a business that is is large, you know, where, where, where you have somebody else dictating your menu prices uh, in the franchisor, what is a franchisee left to do but to find ways to trim their employee costs? Well, and yeah, I mean, the Premier of Ontario has a lot of power. And I, I, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd certainly be worried that, you know, this business is going to take a hit because they've been publicly named in shame by the Premier of the province. Um, that, that, that seems like almost a, an abuse of the power she has. You know, and honestly, any to to accuse the employer of bullying is is I think incredibly insulting to independent businesses because it isn't just this one franchise that is looking to make some of these actions. It is it is thousands and thousands of business owners in Ontario that are doing this. Most of them will never get the media attention that this one is because it doesn't have it doesn't have a a big international brand name attached to it. But the local bike shops take you know trimming hours for part time workers. Um, is happening. It's happening now, and I'm getting emails galore from CFIB members telling us exactly what they're having to do, not because they're celebrating this as they're taking their corporate jet off to Bermuda, uh, but but they're actually doing this because they, they, they need to do this, uh, take these actions to address the government's imposition of the, of, of the $14 minimum wage, of, again, on its way to $15 in a few months' time. Yeah, that's what's frustrating about this approach. It's an easy way for government, just by the stroke of a pen, to look like heroes and you get businesses to do all the heavy lifting. When there's a lot of ways the government could more effectively and efficiently help the working poor, uh, but I guess it's a lot easier just to, to do this and tell businesses to figure it out. It's fun to play Santa with somebody else's money. Uh, again, this isn't Kathleen Wynne's doll. These aren't the premier's dollars. These aren't even government tax dollars. This is private sector money that she's playing with. Uh, and and I got to tell you, the 
you know, we have business owners that are that are having to make some really, really difficult choices, agonizing choices. I've had business owners in tears telling me that they are having to say goodbye or reduce hours for some of their long-term staff who need those hours, but the business model doesn't work with this scenario. And and so we have also some Ontario politicians who have said that you should be out of business if you can't afford to pay $15 an hour. Well, what is that? What good is that to the employee who is dependent upon that that employer for for their employment in those situations? So, how should an issue like minimum wage be handled, in your view? Well, look, uh, just a few years ago in Ontario, the the same government put in place a steady uh, uh, cost of living adjusted increase, an annual increase by formula to the minimum wage. And businesses were a little worried about that because, you know, they, they did say, well, you know, we don't know exactly what that's going to be, but and then it's locked in that this is going to happen. But businesses did adjust to that and accepted, okay, we're going to see costs increase. So it's going to happen, though, around the same place, pace of inflation. I know it's going to happen on this month every year. Uh, I can plan for that. And so that seemed to be a much more reasonable way of addressing this situation. Uh, the federal government, to its credit, and I've been incredibly uh, critical of the federal government on many of their moves in the last little while, particularly with respect to small business taxation. But one of the things that they did that was fairly smart is they increased the uh, the working income tax credit uh, at, at the federal level to allow more dollars to be left in the pockets of 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 uh, lower income people. The Alberta government and Saskatchewan governments uh, in the past have, have regularly increased the basic personal exemption for income taxes, again, targeted at low income earners. Those are solid approaches. But additional money for, you know, we also have to look at what really is happening with minimum wage. The vast majority of minimum wage earners are secondary incomes or student incomes in the family. We, but we recognize that there are a handful of people out there that are perhaps stuck in minimum wage jobs, and those are the people that we should be trying to help, but we should be doing that with better training and education and not making it more difficult for them by jacking up the wage, potentially at the cost of their hours or even their job. Yeah, well said. Uh, more at uh, CFIB.ca, and I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking a lot about this issue through 2018. Dan, thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Anytime. Take care. Dan Kelly, uh, President, Chief Executive Officer of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. A uh, small business owner who I know sent these uh, numbers to me in terms of their own business and what they're dealing with. And so these are some numbers just for this little business and their staffing cost. 2015, 84941 2015, 169000 by the end of that year. 187000 2016. 220000 2017. Uh, and that's, you know, directly attributable to these minimum wage changes. So these are real costs being imposed on businesses. Now, maybe some are doing so well that they can just swallow that. You know, and we started to see the economy bounce back a bit in 2017. But, you know, there's some signs of concern out there for 2018. So what are these businesses supposed to do? They're making decisions. And while the premier doesn't like it, that's too bad. She's telling these businesses to adjust, and they're trying to find ways to adjust. And if they're not doing anything illegal, it's none of her damn business how they're doing it. If she's worried about the impact on the working poor, then maybe she ought to try a different policy. 974-8255. Your thoughts on this uh, minimum wage debate and uh, the way that uh, Ontario's premier 
decided to respond to one particular business. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.